come from From all around the world for the Hello and welcome to the Midweek Exception. We are an NBA podcast where usually we talk about games going on, some of the rumors going around the NBA. But right now in the offseason, we're actually taking a look at a, every single team in the NBA and giving a little bit of a season review and also what to look forward to in the upcoming season for each of these teams. So today uh, we're talking about the Los Angeles Lakers who ended their season at 21-61, and 61. so obviously not going through a particularly great period right now. Joining me on the podcast good today, morning, as always, is Grant. Good evening or good night. I hope I have covered all of the listening possibilities that you listeners have. Definitely, yeah. So, um, yeah, no matter what time of day you're listening, no matter where you're listening, we would really, really appreciate if you went on iTunes or Pocket Cast or whatever and subscribe to us on there. Um also, just like rate us on there as well. Just you know, let us know what you're thinking of the podcast. Obviously, higher rankings are really, really appreciated. But we'll kind of sell for anything, any criticism, whatever. So, for our, our cumulative score for letter grade for the Los Angeles Lakers, we gave them a D, which is very, very, very low. And I feel like there's a lot, there's a lot of um differentiating opinions amongst every single person who is usually on the podcast um so what do you give them grant um i'm kind of of the mindset that the lakers were kind of destined for a poor season at some point uh i mean every even the teams that you know never lose like the lakers go through low seasons every once in a while but a team like the lakers should not have a tough time rebuilding so I, I gave them a two because I don't think they deserved a failing grade. They had a they had a decent season. If you're looking towards the future, obviously they didn't play very good basketball, but there were little bright spots throughout, and it was kind of a needed season because they're going to be able to hopefully build through the draft now. Um, I think you were pretty similar. What did you What did you end up giving them? Yeah, I also had them at a a two as well, which I guess translates like a C or like a high D. Um, Yeah, for me, it was the regular season play was really, really poor. And I felt like there was a lot of mismanagement on part of the coach, Byron Scott. This like, I I didn't agree with a lot of his like rotational decisions and stuff like that. But I felt like his hand was kind of forced due to Kobe Bryant getting injured and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, the bright spot has to be the fact that they are guaranteed like a really really good draft pick like i think their odds for getting the first round of the uh, first pick of the draft is like 11.8 so i don't think they're necessarily going to get that but they're pretty much guaranteed like a yeah, one through I mean, five and spot that is draft. huge and that's a major component behind me kind of even looking at their future and seeing, seeing it as being very bright like i gave them a two but uh, we were talking beforehand and i think you could easily argue that they get a three or even a 3.5 because keeping this pick is so huge for them. There's going to be great players available and possibly, you know, franchise changing players available at whether they're picking one through five, there's going to be a great player on the board. And I think you kind of have to trust the Lakers to make, to make a good decision. So I think there's still even a case to be made for a higher rating for their season because they actually, they lost enough games to where they're keeping 
a very, very valuable first round pick. Yeah, for sure. And like the fact that towards the end of the season, there was like so much fear and concern that it, they weren't going to hold on to a one through five pick and that their pick was actually just going to go to the Sixers because it was only one through five protected. So, I mean, I think it was just huge if they were able to hold on to the draft pick this year. Um, so regarding players on the team this season, obviously Kobe Bryant going down was pretty devastating to the fans of that team and also to the NBA in general because it was really fun to watch Kobe back on the court again this season. Were there any standout performances that you thought were like really, really good on this team this season? It was kind of like a bright spot for them. I really, really liked Jordan Clarkson. I thought he was a huge, huge addition for them. Uh, I mean, he, he played in like uh, 59 games, but he shot 45% from the field and 31% from three and averaged 12 points a game. And I mean, that 31% certainly isn't great, but it's kind of leagues ahead of other people in his position who are kind of just getting randomly signed and brought in. Um, like you're, if you're starting at you know 31% from three, that has very high prospects for your ability to improve from the three you know, throughout your career. And I think, again, going into his offseason, he should be able to improve. And to kind of compare him with a similar uh, player, is, I mean, they had like Vander Blue on their team. Who I mean, he only played like two games, but still, you know, didn't shoot, didn't shoot very yeah, well. Yeah, he was at the very um, end of the season. <laughs> like Ronnie Price, you know, shot like 28% from three. So, I mean, you have a guy kind of just coming in in Jordan Clarkson and being a nice change of pace. I mean, from a guard position, he was grabbing three rebounds and throwing out, you know, three and a half assists a game. He had a great season for a rookie, and I mean, he was a real bright spot, and he's a, he's definitely a piece of a contending team going forward, whether he continues to be able to start or if maybe they draft someone uh, like a point guard this year and he comes off the bench. But either way, he is a very, very good player, and I think he's only got room to grow. Yeah, for sure, definitely. Um, for me, my player that I think was one of the bright spots, I would agree definitely that he, Jordan Clarkson is one of them. But for me, it was uh, Jordan Hill, which admittedly, he definitely had those games where he was really, really spotty. But for the first month of the season, he averaged 14.9 points, 9.6 boards. So he looked really, really solid early on. And I think this is kind of the trend with uh, Jordan Hill is that he starts off really, really hot, and then he just cools down. But, like, I just remember in the first, like, two, three months of fantasy basketball being so stoked I had on my team because, like, I was almost guaranteed to be getting a quality game out of him night in, night out. But, um, yeah, for me, it has to be Jordan Hill, I think. I just He, he tends to impress me quite a bit when he's, uh, when he's on the court. Um, for the season, average 12 points, 7.9 boards. So, by no means terrible or anything like that. Um, one of the contracts I think kind of actually worked out well for them was getting Carlos Boozer for only like three million or something like that, because the Bulls obviously um they uh, amnestied him, which for Bulls fans was huge and they were really happy about that. But you know, I think getting Boozer for a pretty cheap contract is uh for like a one year kind of rental thing isn't bad. Yeah, I you know? mean, I think there's de- there's a case to pay Carlos Boozer still like seven eight million dollars a year. Um, especially from kind of a, a less contending team that might have some cap space. Because Carlos Boozer, I mean, he's not a terrible player. He just received a lot of flack from 
Bulls fans because he was not the player that they thought he was going to be. He didn't really play very good defense, but I mean, he can go out and he can put up, you know, 16 and 8 on a daily basis and he has done that throughout it, you know, throughout the last couple seasons. You know, just when you look at him in the Bulls career, they looked at him to be kind of an almost number 1 option in an Eastern Conference like final series and that just that's just not who Carlos Boozer is. So 3 million was definitely a bargain deal for them. But I think someone to be kind of hopeful for going forward uh, is Eddie Eddie Davis. I know he's got a player option. I'm just afraid that he is not going to opt in because he's only set to make, I believe, like $980,000, so not even a million dollars. And you can expect that on the open market, he can at least get you know a million-dollar contract, which is basically just a vet minimum contract. Um, I think you can expect him to get that from pretty much any team. Any team would definitely like to have him. So I'd just be worried that he would not be opting in next season. But if he does, that would be a huge uh, kind of keep for the Lakers because he is another really, really good rotational big. Yeah, for sure. So actually I'm looking at their salaries, and he's due to make, if he comes back to the Lakers, he's due to make a million dollars. Uh, last season was the 980,000 deal, but I think I don't think he's gonna stay. I think he will go off and you know test free agency, maybe try to get a um, try to get like a. Make, he, I don't think he'll make more than that necessarily. Maybe he will, but I could definitely see him like going off and trying to train up with a contending team because he's totally one of those players that could come off the bench and be like really really good for a team that's gonna oh, be going into the playoffs. You know. And, uh... That's why I think I'd be very surprised for him to actually opt in because, like I was saying, you know, what team wouldn't say, yes, Eddie Davis, come be a backup power forward or center for a million dollars? Like, what team says no to that, you know? Totally. Yeah, like, it, it would be hard to not want to play. I think he stands like, to make probably between, team. like, three and five million if he tests free agency, to be honest. For sure, yeah. He's like a younger player. He came in. He's only like twenty five right now, so you know, by no means like a rookie or anything like that. But he definitely, you know, you, you can get quite a bit out of him still. I think. Um, so for the Lakers, obviously, the record shows that a lot of things went wrong for them this season. Um, my big thing is Kobe going down. That was, I think, really huge as a kind of like a blow for the morale, like the fan base. Even like, still ended up, I think, finishing top ten in the. NBA in attendance but like just that energy that you get out of like watching Kobe play live or even just like watching him on TV completely sucked out of Lakers fans like hearts like it was so fun to watch him go off in any kind of giving game so that's my thing that went really wrong for them this season obviously it's not really something that was in their control was there anything that you had that went really terribly wrong for the Lakers outside of I guess I think my biggest thing, games. and again, it's not something that was in their control, was they just really got bit by the injury bug. I mean, their roster just goes so deep. Like, Julius Randle plays one game. Xavier Henry plays nine games. Dwight Bikes, like, six games. Like, they're picking up all these players to just come and spot, start, spot, play. And, I mean, you have Eddie Davis, who played the most games, and he played 79. But then you look at... Like they're you know significant role players who are supposed to be you know kind of their go-to people. Like if you look at Nick Young, he only played 42 games this year. 
Uh, Wayne Ellington played decent, but still he's at 65. Um, I just really think they got bit by the injury bug, and it was just tough to night in and night out put out a contending team when you're consistently without you know your top three players. So it was really just bad totally. luck. It kind of yeah. Seemed so like. yeah, definitely. I think off of this like kind of pessimistic note, we should look forward into the future for this team because there are a lot of things that can go really, really right for them in this off season. But also one thing that I'm still not a fan of that I know we're going to disagree about. And that is Kobe's contract. I don't like it. I understand the logic he's due to make 25 million next year. Again, it's one of those things totally kind of like a, you know, you gave us like so many good seasons here. We're going to give you a little extra reward deal. But to me, for a team that, again, they, they must be aware that they're not going to be contending for a title. So it's okay to throw that kind of money at Kobe. But to me, it just it makes almost little to no sense to be doing something like that. I think, if anything, I would have liked to see him take a pay cut. You know, do a kind of like a Dirk Nowitzki thing where you take a pay cut, sign some really quality free agents in the offseason, try to make one last run in it. But... I don't see them doing anything major in this off season that can work well with the amount of money being taken up by Kobe's contract. Um, they're due to have seventeen. They're due to be seventeen point seven million under the cap limit this off season. Um, obviously, they get an extra million back if Ed Davis doesn't come back on board. So, I want to hear your thoughts about Kobe's contract and if it's very friendly for this team going to this offseason and then moving forward because you have to keep in mind that the cap space is going to take a huge leap in the 2016-2017 offseason yeah I really like Kobe's contract to be honest I think it is great for the Lakers I think it's one of the main reasons they have this top five pick um Kobe at this point he continue he's continues to get injured I think that was a big question mark going this season was his health and if you look at he is one of, you know, the greatest Lakers of all time. He certainly earned, you know, like the 50-odd million dollar contra- two-year uh, contract that he earned. And it shows that the Lakers are an organization that is still committed to success and to treating their players the right way, which I think is a topic that they have kind of gotten away from, especially since... Uh, but since Bus died and then his son has been in command, I think this helps them also moving forward because it's going to all parlay a lot of the control into Jeannie Bus's hand, which is kind of collectively understood that she is a much better basketball mind than her brother. So these two losing seasons hopefully also take it from Bus's son to Jeannie Bus. So that's one thing. Two things. The next thing, again, like I said, it shows that their franchise is still committed to their players, so they will attract big name free agents not just from because of the LA area but because they say if you know if you treat us well if you win for us we are going to treat you well and that's a huge thing for free agents because especially now when you have the clippers just across town why would you not sign with the clippers who are contending for a championship when the lakers are not even close oh because if we do get close and if i do after you know in my third year or whatever of this contract they're going to treat me well they're going to give me another contract so it's going to attract a lot more uh free agents going forward and it also it just shows that the lakers are still an organization that is just committed to, committed to success and committed to their players and i think that speaks more 
than anything else. And the final thing, which will kind of take us into our next topic, is just think about the players that they could be drafting. So the Lakers, they might win the lottery. They might get the first or second pick. But if they don't get the first or second pick, they are probably not drafting a big man. I don't think they're going to reach on Willie Cauley-Stein. He's kind of the, the next big, like in that second tier after um, – after Towns and Okafor, and I doubt I don't think they're going to get Towns or Okafor because I think they'll probably be in that three to five range. So in that three to five range, your three huge players are D'Angelo Russell, Emmanuel Mudiay, and Justice Winslow. All those are guards, or I mean, Justice Winslow, D'Angelo Russell can play small forward, but all can like play pretty much both guard positions. And who better to teach them how to play those guard positions and how to like train in the offseason, how to move forward, how to com- commit yourself to winning, commit yourself to being the best than Kobe Bryant? Like who better? That, and they, paying him this money keeps him around. It keeps him, it, they don't have you know they don't have to pay these rookies that much money, and he'll be off the cap space. And when they're really ready to compete after these rookies have kind of gotten a year under their feet and trained with Kobe, they'll be able to go out and sign you know, better free agents with this, you know, $25 million. Right. So I think the way our perspectives differ is that I'm still in this, like, you can still make another run at it with Kobe. He should take in a bit of a pay cut there, gotten a good free agent, but I totally get like what you're saying for me though. Like it just, it's almost like seeing the numbers on the page. It's so staggering to see how much money he's making and it's something that's just so hard for me okay, to get Okay, the one behind, thing I will I say is what if they really were looking to compete, the smart thing would have been do it year by year and almost have kind of that 1998 Jordan contract where he made $33 million, but wait to sign Kobe until after you've signed a free agent, and then you can go you know way over the cap with Kobe's contract. That would have been kind of the competitive mood. I just move. I just think that the Lakers just, they don't have enough pieces and they wouldn't be able, like they'd still only have, they wouldn't have that much salary cap room if Kobe had taken that much less money because Kobe's going to at least make $15 million. I think that that's obvious. I don't think he even he signs the Dirk deal or anything. So, I mean, I just, I think they still could have competed with Kobe at $25 million. I just think they understand that they probably are not going to until, you know, a year from now at the earliest. So what I think is going to happen is 16-17 offseason, they're going to try to pull a 2000 Magic where they tried to get, they're not going to go for these guys, but a similar idea where in 2000 Magic went for T-Mac, Tim Duncan, and Grant Hill. So what I think happens is in the 16-17 offseason, they're going to make a run at like assembling a big three. But what I'm curious about is in this coming offseason, who do you think they're going to go for in free agency? There are already names that are out there, and Kevin Love, obviously. He's been like this consistent option that people are throwing out there because of his L.A. connections. You have him, you have Rajon Rondo, and then Jimmy Butler. All three players have been kind of thrown out there. I think the Lakers have even said, yeah, we're going to throw a ton of money towards Jimmy Butler. I don't think that's going to happen necessarily, so I'm curious what your thoughts are about who they're going to be going for, because I think the one critical mistake that they can make in this offseason is overpaying Rajon Rondo. Yeah, I mean, I think we should throw Jimmy Butler out the window right now. I don't think that's even close to being an option because I'm pretty sure the Bulls are going to 
just simply offer him a max. I would I will be shocked if I see Jimmy Butler sign with another team this offseason because I think he has proven himself to the organization. The organization does not want to risk like a poison pill contract or anything. So I think they just say, here you go. Here's your max. Thank you for everything you're doing. Now you better become a better player still. Like, you know, use this for motivation. So I think Jimmy Butler is kind of out the window. I think the two, like you said, is going to be Rajon Rondo and or Kevin Love. I guess I'm going to give the Lakers the benefit of the doubt that they will not overpay Rajon Rondo, mostly because I don't think there's going to be that much competition for him. And I think they'll be smart enough to kind of get run, get run take themselves out of the race if there is like a max contract for a place like Sacramento or something thrown at Rajon. I think they'll take themselves out of the race. I do not think they will overpay Rondo, especially after kind of the last month and a half that that you know he has gone through i i will also say i would not be surprised to see kevin love get a max from them but in the same token i won't be surprised if kevin love opts in and plays one more year in cleveland especially because he just got injured so i think this summer it's not going to be you know the big splash that they think that people think it will be but i think you're right with a year from now this is going to be a completely different conversation and there's going to be the likes of Russell Westbrook, Kevin Durant, every big name free agent is going to be linked to the Lakers. And the reason I didn't kind of bring up a, a guy like LaMarcus Aldridge or something is because I think the only way he is leaving Portland is to go to a team that he thinks will go win a title right away. Otherwise, he'd just stay in Portland because I, I think he loves the city. He loves the organization. He just really wants a title. So I don't think he would jump ship for um, an organization in the state that the Lakers are in at the moment. Yeah, and for me, I think a player that's comparable to what you're saying about Aldridge is Marcus Saul. I don't know if there's been anything thrown around with him going to the Lakers. I know there was a whole thing where um, some people, some um, Knicks fans and reporters were saying, oh, you know, maybe he might come over to the Knicks. And, like, it was quickly dismissed by a couple of players on the Grizzlies who were just like, yeah, no. But, like, one of those, like, huge free agents this upcoming offseason is Gasol, and I, I don't see that happening. Um. Kevin Love, if anyone, is a player that I could totally see going to the Lakers in the offseason, which I think would actually work out really well for them, especially considering the fact that the cap is going to like inflate so much in the 16-17 offseason. Like, you might as well just throw a shit ton of money at a player in this coming offseason because in the upcoming 16-17 offseason, like, you're going to have to throw a lot more money for like, a quality free agent, I think. Oh, definitely. But and that that's why, like you're saying, I can see Kevin Love signing with the Lakers. I can see him just kind of saying because I mean I think he's kind of always been linked to Los Angeles, especially because he played at UCLA. He likes it there. I believe he trains there in the off season. So if he was going to opt out and sign a max contract somewhere, I would not be surprised if it was the Lakers because, like you're saying, is they can say, all right. Kevin, you know, we're not going to, we're probably not going to make the playoffs this year, but look at what we have going forward. You know, look who we drafted. Kobe's coming off the books. Look at the cap. And who knows, maybe Kobe, in, in one, it takes a, like a one year contract for 12 million or something if he sees that they're competitive. Some, you know, there's, there's plenty of options going forward for that team. You just need a free agent that is okay with going through, you know, one more losing season before something happens. Because I think even if, you know, they were a 500 team, 
that doesn't necessarily get you in the playoffs in the Western Conference. It really it probably doesn't put you in the playoffs in the Western Conference. So they can still be a good team. I guess I'm just saying it's like a losing season, meaning they're not going to make the playoffs. Yeah, definitely. I don't see next season being a playoff season for the um, the Lakers, even if Kobe comes back, Like, which, I mean, he will. There's no doubt in my mind that Kobe comes back next season. I, I don't see them making the playoffs next season. But I guess it's like 16-17 offseason. That's when things are going to be really, really you're gonna see a lot of like news about the Lakers and like you know make some big moves and all that kind of stuff and you know if you're looking for an off season to go looking for free agents like what better yeah, one than and, 16, um, 17 you know kind of lastly the Lakers also have the Rockets pick this year right see and that's why they another do, yeah. reason why I was kind of linking them to more guards because again I think guards are gonna be there um but I would not be surprised Well, if two situations happen. One, if they somehow packaged this Houston pick and their top five pick for like a really, like an, all, an all-star player. No, I, really, I don't know who that would be, but I would not be surprised if they, if they find some trade pieces here. And two, again, I'm assuming they're not getting the first or second pick, which means those two bigs are off the board. That's when you take the best player available, which is going to be one of those more guards or small forwards. And later on in the draft, you know, in the mid-20s, you can find a decent big man. Like, there, there's a lot of big men in this draft, and if you want to draft one and kind of mold him into your own player, I think that's the place where you pick your big, and you just pick him purely based off potential, even if it's got a reach pick. I think in that pick, you take your big, and in that first pick, you go for you have to go for Winslow, Moody, or Russell, because I think all three of those guys, you know, three years from now, could easily be on an all-star team or even possibly damn near in, like, I guess not MVP conversation, but if the Lakers are winning, who knows? But, like, those players, I think, could be that good in the pros. I am on board with all those three guys. I think they might even be better than Okafor or Towns. So I really do, for the Lakers' sake, hope that they get one of those three players. And really, for me, I would be rooting for Moutier or Russell because I think those two are just they're, they're going to be on another level. And I think Winslow certainly has the potential to get there as well. For sure. Yeah. So exciting off season coming up for the Lakers. Um, they have the cap space to work with. Like they really, really do to sign some free agents. Obviously they can do well in the draft as well. I think that'll kind of just about do it for uh, this playoff. Well, not really playoff rather. Um, season review and what to look forward to for the Lakers. Is there anything else that you want to throw in or is that it? uh, Hope our listeners like what we had to say and and either agree or don't agree with us. And if you do or don't comment, because I'd love to uh, be disagreed with. Yeah, for sure. That's like one of the things like we would love like any sort of feedback and um, I'm assuming we're going to post this on Reddit somewhere. So get some feedback from there. Otherwise, um, it'd be great for you guys to tweet at us at MWException. And again, uh, if you could just subscribe to us on iTunes or Pocket Cast, look up the Midweek Exception. Also, we would love any ratings that we can get. But uh, yeah, that will do it. Bye. All the leaves are falling.